and it reads, and, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles, prophets, and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So Paul is in Ephesians. He's, he's in, in the church of Ephesus. He's explaining that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Basically, just let, him, let us know he's the firm foundation of uh, upon the church that he was built upon. Uh, when he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail. So upon that understanding clarity as as Paul is the one that's the apostle that was beginning to give the church identity, um, give it, it structured in order um, as he apostolizes uh, different regions, he began to share the gospel, but he had to give the gospel some foundation, some structure. So understanding that uh, is in order to have an understanding. So we all know Nehemiah 4 and 6 and how to build from that scripture as well. So, um, but this, these seven laws, um, you have to have, you know, so sometimes we have a cornerstone issue. In other words, we don't necessarily trust God. We don't necessarily allow him to build something within us. A lot of times we don't uh, receive what his word says. Um, when my, my short, I'll say short visitation with him, he didn't say too much. I did receive download from his presence, but he said, you need to heed my word. So a lot of times we don't heed what he says. Uh, a lot of times because we've been going to church a long time, we don't necessarily uh, take the word for what it is. And, and sometimes as, as leaders, we preach something different from the next Sunday to the next because we kind of get caught up in that microwave concept of life. Um, instead of staying in a particular word or a particular series uh, because everything is based on us multitasking or so we're a little bit here, a little bit there, not really completing. Uh, please understand, Jesus spent three years uh, with, the, with the disciples before he left and he, before, before they really walked out what he taught them. But, you know, he had to leave for them to walk out, which is his true mark of, of you know, the greatest apostle that ever lived on this earth uh, because he didn't want to show us what apostles are. So anyway, so what I want to say is that he did that. Uh, but any type of ministry, anything you're going to build, it's going to take time to build. It's going to take time to do that. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, you can't give up. You can't be discouraged. Uh, but because, you know, we see the end result of uh, different things. We think that uh, that's it. But we don't see the building process of yeah. uh, one may go through. Mm -hmm. um, um, people that go to school, uh, um, you know, they get education, there's an undergrad, there's a, there's a master's, there's a doctorate. The process of, sometimes it's just about enduring the process. It's a, you know, um, a certain class, you gotta get a certain grade in order for them to acknowledge that it's acceptable. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, know, you may not get a C. <laughs> get by. You have to get a B or A. You know, so you have to understand those things, you know, in certain certain practices and certain things you want to get into, that's what's acceptable for the grade for the professor to pass you. To say you understand the material. So building yourself, building your life, you have these seven laws. So the first law is the law of vacuum. The second one is the law of image. Third one is the law of applied faith. The fourth one is a law of movement. The fifth one is a law of productivity. Are you writing these down again? I'm sorry. I thought you were 
All right. Four. Okay, four is a law of movement. Five is a law of productivity. Six is the law of protocol. And seven is the law of judgment. The law of judgment. Do I need to go over again? Okay. Number one, the law of vacuum. Let's think about a vacuum. Just get that. It's a principle behind the vacuum. The law of vacuum. All right. Number two, the law of image. Number three, the law of applied faith. So you have to please the Lord. You have to apply the faith that you have. So what does that look like? And the law of movement. You want to make sure things are the, these laws are moving. The law of productivity. As you build, what you're building can it produce? The law of protocol. There are some prerequisites that come with building. Some protocols in the house of God, king in the kingdom. And the law of judgment. You use all of these things, and God will you judge, or God will judge the work. As you build. We good? All right, some definitions. The, law, the laws come from the book of Genesis. The laws come from the book of Genesis. Definition. Okay, she's calling me. Sorry, just Pat. Hello? All right, so while there, he's waiting for this pastor to come. We're going to try to get through this. So, of a law as an existing principle causing the causing the function. So. 
the definition of this is a law, is an existing principle causing things to function. That's number one. All right, we gotta go on. Amen. Uh, number two, a rule or order that is advisable or obligatory to observe. A rule or order that is advisable or obligatory to observe. All right, number three, a law is a series of fundamental thoughts and ideas over ones to, over ones to put together a continuous manner so that they produce uh, advised results. I know it's a big one. A, a law is a series of fundamental thoughts and ideas, ones that are put together in a continuous manner that they produce or devise a result. Praise the Lord, Pastor Lillian. How you doing? Good. Amen. Amen. Everyone get that law? One more time, we good? Mm -hmm. All right, all right, another one. A law is a binding or custom of practices or actions prescribed of, prescribed to recognize as a binding or controlling authority. Huh, yes, yes, so. All right, so. The law is a binding or custom of practices or actions prescribed uh, to be recognized as a binding by controlling authority. All right? So, that's four laws. Uh, I just want to make that clear to you. So, we're going to deal with the law of vacuum. We're going to deal with the law of vacuum today, and I may get to the law of image, but all these being broken down to understandings and principles you can begin to exercise. Um, but you have to understand also that sometimes people make their own laws. <laughs> they invent their own laws, they make their own laws, um, which become anarchy. You know, you have law. Then you create your own law, which is anarchy, because you're rebelling against the law that is before you. And we see that a lot especially in church. So, you know, we have rebellion and anarchy, um, which uh, can affect an entire situation or an entire city, you know, entire community. Uh, anarchy can be caused division. The spirit of Korah came through, you know, dealing with Moses and, you know, actually the earth opened up and swallowed him whole, but those who were with him, but, you know, we saw how that happened when Jesus, when uh, Lucifer, you begin to rebel against God, he got cast out of heaven. So we see where anarchy takes us, mm -hmm. takes us away from the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And so this is what is very dangerous. Um, so um, the law of vacuum, Genesis 101, um, is a principle that I want to deal with. Um, so when God decides to fill something with space, with heaven and earth, um, so we have to understand in the law of vacuum, we may have some space in our life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to fill that space with heavenly things and earthly things. Mm-hmm. All right. So we need to do that. Um, so it is said that also teaching says, tells us some teaching says it is said that um, nature abhors uh, a vacuum of anything, uh, time, uh, vacuum being a form of nature which clashes sometimes dealing with this different issue. Um, uh, the Jews has taught that heaven have several different levels and I'll save that for my dimension and the atmosphere and realm teaching. I'm not going to get off into that. I'll deal with that, but just to give you a side note. Um, so, if you know, we understand this is stratosphere. Um, we understand that um, it's atmosphere, stratosphere. Um, stratosphere stars are planets. Um, we understand that God is in his his own dimension, and he's in the universe. Um, some say that he is in heaven. Some say he invented heaven from us. He's not in heaven. He's in glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not with y'all today. Uh, so uh, we're gonna stick with vacuum. Stick with vacuum today. Anytime space is in your life, two things you want to fill it with. Like I say, with uh, with vacuum, with spiritual, fill it with spiritual things and earthly things. Now, spiritual things can be the church. Um, you know, which is the doorway to the kingdom. Uh, so we need to understand that aspect. You want to fill uh, your your space with those things, um, pleasing the Lord, being a disciple, uh, um, being the salt of the earth, being a witness, um, drawing people to him that he may be lifted up through you. Uh, those kind of components of discipleship is important. So you want to feel your mind with his mind, so therefore you can produce heavenly things that are eternal. All right, so understanding that you want those things to happen. Uh, uh, So with that, there's also earthly things. So this is the hard part because you have to decide the practical earthly thing is godly or not. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times church is stuck because we're trying to be the world to meet the world. We're trying to be the world to draw the world in. And so therefore, this is the hard part because now we have uh, no rules of religion. It's all about relationship with, we see there's a standard in the Bible that you have to have. And the, but the issue is that that's not so because there's a whole different type of doctrine. Paul tells us, ask them, who has bewitched you? So we have to be careful that we're not bewitched in natural things because God, you know, he created natural things. So he wants us to have, you know, those, the good things of this earth as well. He's not necessarily against those things, but he wants us, like I said, walk in a place of dominion and rulership, not bow down to Pharaoh, if you will. So understanding those things. So uh, law of vacuum uh, also deals with um, the law of attraction. Uh, I know there was a book that was written by, uh, that Oprah put together these, Scientists, I'm just not even gonna go there, but you know, put together these different people that deal with a principle I believe that came from the Bible. So understanding that, so there are different, 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 been different authors and different writers that Christian writers that take that concept and put it in the principles, you know, within the Bible. So it's a lot of sacred mixing with the profane things, and so therefore you get, a, we have to really be careful with those things. Um, so understanding that. Um, there's a law of attract. You attract your kind, and there's there's a there's a law of attraction. You attract your opposite. So those two principles happen um, sometimes dealing with 
the law of vacuum. You know, when you are vacuuming something, uh, we understand that vacuum, it will go after dust and dirt. Uh, sometimes you vacuum a penny up, and then sometimes you see that if the vacuum is not able to handle the density and the weight of the penny, you see how it's gonna go. And it make that big old noise, like, what did I vacuum? So therefore, it's not supposed to be in there. You know, so it's the opposite, you know, even though it's the, 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 the pull of the vacuum, the suction causes it. All right? So sometimes it's a law of attraction and attract something that's not really supposed to belong to you, but it's a part of you. And so therefore, you have to check the vacuum down to get that, that particular piece out. And it's difficult to do that. And, you know, sometimes something will continue to coil itself around the vacuum, when you have to tip the brush off and pull the, the lint and the bus brush off the dust, you know, you know, and dust is flying around and you're sneezing and you're pulling the string that's been around the coil. So some things are tied around your life. It takes your lifetime to uncoil the law of vacuum happens. So this is what happens, understanding that. Now, Galatians 5 and 9, anytime you live in a crisis situation, uh, things that come about, Dealing with the law of vacuum, um, you attract these different things. Um, now, understanding um, there's positive and negatives that create, you know, somewhat of electricity. Like I said, the law of movement. So the opposites create this this this, this uh, physics that comes with it. Also, you understand that um, <clears throat> those things can happen. Understanding that you know you attract positive things and negative things, but don't. Don't always run from the negative thing because it's, it's, it's to teach you something. Mm -hmm. It's to teach us how to deal with crisis in our life. I thank God for sports because sports help me, help me deal with pressure. Mm -hmm. It helped me to articulate how to handle pressure, uh, certain dangers. Uh, there's a fight or flight risk. You know, some people will freeze when something's going on. They'll be shocked. Some will run. Mm -hmm. <laughs> some will fight. So, you know, military and things like that will see where you stand when opposition hits you. Uh, they train you how to deal with it, but if you can articulate what to do in those particular times, uh, <laughs> you know, then it's either you're gonna accept the danger, it's gonna attack you, have its way with you, or you're gonna fight the danger, or you're gonna run from the danger. And so, therefore, you know, military will, is a quick study of where you belong, after they train you how to handle arms, how they train you how to walk into the land. Actually, they have a doctrine, an ideology to train you to kill. Mm -hmm. The problem is, with dealing with that, I, my issue is that people can't mentally shut it off when it's over. Mm -hmm. Or they get, there was so many trauma or depression that they can't handle life mm -hmm. because of what they've seen and what they were a part of. Yeah. And so, then you have those who are in Vietnam with the other wars, they're veterans, they want you know, to be taken care of by America, but America got no love for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> after they put their life on the line, after they lose a limb, after they, after they go through post-magnet stress, you know, depression, I'm talking fast, but after they go through these different things, then it's, it's trauma that, you know, dealing with life. So those things you have to learn from. I have an uncle, a cousin, uh, Mickey, he's went in Vietnam, but he won't even talk about war. He don't watch war movies. I talked to a, a person that uh, was talking about the show. Did anybody watch Power on Showtime? Uh, the Power is that show that everybody loves. You know, the stars and all the different things. I talked to a person 
at work that really lived the drug game before he started changing his life around and started working. He's like, I can't stand no type of shows. It's not reality. That's not how it happens. You don't get away. You get caught. Mm -hmm. And you do time. <laughs> so he's like, I can't stand those shows because it's not showing the real reality. You know, these work shows got people thinking that people get away with stuff and they all gangsters, they thugs. That's not how it works. So he just, he just said, I can't stand a different show. So he was just telling me that it's, that's not how it is. I said, okay, because, you know, in my journey, I didn't go that far. I was too scared. But anyway, so I wasn't trying to kill nobody. Or, and I was basing off of what I seen on TV. <laughs> you know, like, nah, I ain't no killing. I ain't no killing. So anyway, so thank God for my mother. Amen. So, you know, we just we just knew that. So. <laughs> when you have someone <laughs> that messes with your life, it throws off what? Your equilibrium, things you want um, to last, everlasting things. It, it throws off you focusing. Um, uh, please understand, um, don't build temporal things. You want to you build things that uh, are eternal, that's going to last forever in your life. So good investments. Um, your life in a, is, a, is an investment. So you want to invest uh, dealing with your life. You have to be a wise steward. You wouldn't be judged for being wise stewards over our life. So we want to be able to build those things that are eternally, because mm -hmm. you know we only have a certain amount of lifespan. And if you're not a wise steward of what generational curses affects your life on the physical level or your family, then you know you have to see how you can prolong was life. I see there are different, it's been years and years of, of dieting that come about now. Uh, they're actually lining up with what the Bible says that eating plants and becoming plant-based and become uh, vegetarians. And so this is what is coming about now. So we're coming to the place where we're understanding those things to, you know, we're becoming wise stewards, uh, not knowing that they're putting all this stuff in food anyway. Mm -hmm. They just leave it alone. That's we right. won't have to really worry about it but because they're putting this stuff. That's right. And then they raise the prices of the stuff, the healthy stuff. Psychological tell you it's a conspiracy. Anyway, so um, you need to understand those things. So First Corinthians, um, you want to build those things as a reference. First Corinthians five, or uh, I'm sorry, yeah, First Corinthians five. So you can read all through that. Um, so you want to. So the future is. Um, Something that now, I, the Holy Spirit brought this to my attention. You know, in the spirit realm, ain't no prophetic. <laughs> There's nothing prophetic in the spiritual realm. It only becomes prophetic when it answers time. Oh, wow. Okay, he invents time. So therefore, it only becomes prophetic when it comes to us. You know, we only prophesy in part. Mm -hmm. So we just get a piece of what, what already is in the supernatural because God is. He's being. He, he has, is, he's the isness. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, so he's at the beginning of our life and the end of our life at the same time. We, we say time. He don't need time to say time. He invents time. He lives in eternity. Okay, so it's prophetic when it comes to us because we either we talk about the future 
or we're talking about the past or the present. Mm -hmm. But those things are only instituted here on earth. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Because our minds can't comprehend eternity. Mm -hmm. So we get pieces of what's happening in the supernatural mm -hmm. for on someone's behalf. Okay? Mm -hmm. So justification, edification, sometimes judgment, you know, whatever the word is, sometimes it's causing someone, to, hopefully someone will Willing, be willing to repent. Um, but anyway, whatever the situation is, we're dealing with prophetic that we, it only, we only need it. <laughs> you know, he, you know, the Bible is eternal. So it is, it's just, even, even, even dealing with King James and him writing the Bible, uh, his version of the Bible, uh, I was, I said this before, I'll say it again. There's other writings happening while these versions are being written. So there was there was people writing different things that you know trying to articulate what God was trying to say. Also, mm -hmm. you know, even King James has another book that's not right. If you do your study research, so you understand that it was inspiration by the Holy Spirit that allows this to happen. Mm -hmm. All right, so I just I'm not mess with y'all theology, but anyway, I just want you to understand <laughs> that that uh, that that's just a gift He gave us because He left these gifts for us. Because he, he wanted us to function in these for the equipping of the kingdom when he left. So understanding that. Uh, so, so the law of image. This is my favorite one. The law of image. Um, understanding Genesis again. The spirit of God moves on, on the earth. And God said, let there be light. And the revelation of what actually exists. So as he released the light um, in our minds, light has to come forth. Uh, in our life, light has to come forth. But we, it was the light of Christ that revealed things to us, what we need. Sometimes the prophetic will point out something. Uh, sometimes the prophetic will, will identify different things. Sometimes the scriptures are prophetic. And so they're revelation. So we hopefully pray that anyone that stands anything about the prophetic is supposed to bring light. It's, a pro, it's supposed to bring understanding and clarity. So what may be misdirected. Someone may not have no identity. So the law of image, which I think anybody who's prophetic or apostolic or some regards of understanding prophecy, we all supposed to prophesy as a body of believers in the first place, need to understand the law of image. So Napoleon said, what the mind, uh, what the, what the mind of a man uh, what a mind can conceive uh, that they can achieve anything. So what a man perceives in his mind, he can achieve anything. Um, so visual reinforcements uh, entertains um, the intensity, desire, the symbolism and uh, accelerate your destiny. So visual reinforcement entertains um, something you desire, it intensifies your desire through symbolism, acceleration um, of your destiny. So when you see it, it's a model. Mm -hmm. That's something you desire. You see, so, so when the law of vacuum comes, you want the right things inside of you. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> because the law of image says, okay, you need to, uh, once you see it, it accelerates what it accelerates your desire. So if you see the wrong thing, 
then in Matthew, you get to desire the wrong thing with the law of image. Uh, this is how this works. It's a principle. It's a principle. So we know that principles work because it's establishing the kingdom because, you know, the word of God establishes things and, you know, people find the principles of God in the kingdom. But they don't use it for godly, the goodly. They use it for the bad because they want to, you know, exploit us. So anyway, so understanding that, so it intensifies. So uh, Romans 4 and 7, you have to build an image. Uh, so Satan had to change the image so they will... Uh, so the nature will be different as they picture the world. So he changed their image. So this is where the third eye comes from. He changed Eve's image because he said she, he was told her, you know, in essence, you can't be the world you see uh, because you don't, you, you, you can't see it. Uh, so let me open up your eye so you can see the world as I see it. But he changed it. Instead of how God sees it. So we, de we have to be detoxed from sin to see how God sees things. Yeah. But before that happened, he became, he created an atmosphere of such debauchery to the point where, you know, brother murdered another brother. So that was him coercing the atmosphere on there. That was, a, that's, so he needed, he was already doing that, but he needed something to enter in through the earth realm which was Eve, but he already had a diabolical plan causing this to happen. He knew that if, if I get her to sin, I can get whatever she, whatever she produced to, to, you know, cause, to cause God to be angry because murder was you know, like one of the very first sins. So he didn't understand that. So the reason why he's a father of lies is because not only he believes the lies he tells is because He's the first one to able to tell a lie, but it also had to happen here on earth. He couldn't lie in heaven. Mm. Wow. <laughs> because Satan knew that there was the agency of free choice, free will here on earth. As he was creating earth, he knew these things were there. So therefore, he knew that he was the opposite. Trying to trying to become the opposite of God. The reason I say that is because Satan... There's no competition for God. There's no competition of war. He's our enemy. We fight him. God don't fight him. No, no, he's not on the same level. <laughs> See, understand that. So he already knew that he was going to cause these things to happen. So he had to have something happen. So yes, God needs us. Satan uses us. God needs us to bring forth his will too. We just have to be convinced that God wants to use us to that magnitude. So what I see on the thought like, okay, Lord, well, if they're doing this, I'm not comparing. So then help me to get ready to do what you want me to do because they own some other stuff. <laughs> so increase my faith so I can function and operate how he wants me to, how you want me to function to deal with this over here. But this right here is daily. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Um, so, what are you doing? Don't want to get help on preaching. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, understanding that uh, scripture. Uh, well, for 17, when you use symbolism, 
Um, you think it's in the mind, it, it will find you. So in other words, you see symbolism. I'm trying to regret my notes. Uh, so the scripture tells us through symbolism, um, you think, um, you think, or yeah, in, this, in your mind, it will find you. So the scripture will find you. Um, his mind will find you. Um, as you as you build an image, as you understand the symbolism of the scripture, um, as leaders, we have to learn how to articulate or uh, execute the scripture properly. It's proper as us in hermeneutics, we have to execute the skill the scripture properly, so we can't add to or take away from the scripture. So you know, it's all about holding the integrity of the word of God. Uh, so therefore, you know, this is where it tr gets tricky with us who are prophets because. We seek things, but, you know, this is why, you know, the Bible says cast down every imagination because every imagination that comes to you may not be from God. And if you don't have a scripture base for what you're seeing, if there's no teaching or revelation on it, then therefore you can be, I can see, I see a cow and the cow's eating the grass. And, you know, and it's just these far out scriptures, far out prophecies. That has nothing to do with God because there's another principality in the atmosphere mm -hmm. and extending something to someone who's trying to function the prophetic. It's all about the source. So if you tap into the right source, then you will get the right word. But if you tap into the wrong source, then, you know, this is my prophetic class. I'll deal with that later, too. So anyway, Mark, uh, Matthew 22, verse 20. Just write these down. I'm not going to really go. There to them, Mark 12, 6. So Matthew 22, verse 20. Mark 12, verse 6. And the last one is Luke 20, verse 24. Um, so understanding those things, you need to grab a hold of uh, that. So one of the key principles that's important to understand is that when Jesus saith, let Caesar, what, what belongs to Caesar, Pay Caesar what belongs to Caesar. See, Caesar formed his own money, his own currency. And so therefore, what you form, this is why it has to be godly, because what God forms in you to build, you know, people pay for what you form. Uh, we have on name brand clothes today. Uh, Levi. We don't know who Levi is, where it's from, but because it got pushed to a certain level, now we wear it because it gives us a status. It, 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 you know, okay, Jeremiah was mentioned champion. Champion has made a huge comeback. I don't know who bought it back. It's been around for ages, but now it's back, and so now it's cool again. So anyway, you know, so these different brains, these entrepreneurs, these thinkers who've designed this particular clothes, I'm just using clothing per se, but uh, because it's the, he named the clothes something, therefore it requires a status, so there's sometimes a slogan or something that comes with with the uh, the brand to give you an idea. So does this fit you? So they make it fit you, so you can fit in it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you paid for the name. Wow. Because it was named. That's a principle in Genesis. Mm -hmm. Nike. Nike says what? Just do it. Mm -hmm. So when you put on Nikes, you're thinking about just doing it. Mm -hmm. Good. That could be very bad. But anyway, so. But it tells you so, you know, you know, athletes just say, just do it. But, you know, Charles Barkley, I watched basketball years ago. He said, I'm not a role model. Mm -hmm. 
but he was a role model because they're portraying him because of images of what they see before you, the law of image. So these things come about to give some clarity and understanding. It's important that you have this uh, a part of your life in your Christian walk and discipleship, uh, the law of vacuum, the law of image, the law of applied faith, the law of movement, the law of productivity protocol, and judgment. These things have to be functioning and moving as you are a disciple uh, to understand. Now, these things can go 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 a long way. Um, dealing with uh, being becoming an entrepreneur, uh, a business owner, uh, you want to get in clothing. You want to get in something that helps you build something that is very important that you. Is, you know, use the Bible as, as an instrument to cause you to do these things. Holy Spirit would teach you. He would teach you. He would teach you all things. And so you have to trust him to do that. Um, because, you know, Paul tells us we have 10,000 teachers. So we have teachers of the word that's going to teach you something. Um, so it's not, not something that is a bad thing to get training, understanding how to function um, in society, um, the story here wrapping up is that we, you know, we heard of Socrates and Aristotle. Um, you know, uh, Alexander came out of that. Mm -hmm. You know, he he came out of that. And they they the Grecians had an idea that they could run the world, and so therefore, long story short, you know, Alexander was trained to be a ruler. We saw what we read about him and what he done. But it was a training process when he was a young boy that all of these types, this, this thinking of dominion was, was pushed, was pumped into him. From the idea of the Greeks who studied the Persians and, and, and the Babylonians. So they studied that over there. They adopted it, this idea, this idealistic thinking, and then they applied it to set it forth. You know, so it comes from a thought, comes from the law of vacuum, comes from the law of image, all the different laws come into place, these thinkers. So now we have things like democracy has come out of that. So different things have come out of that type of thinking that cause us uh, um, to, to vote, to popular, to have the populist vote and all these different things, electoral vote. All this stuff comes from these things, these principles introduced in this world. You know, I was just watching uh, TV, and I was watching, I think, think I was watching New Jack City. New Jack City was on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. All these different shows, these old school shows was on. And it was a club scene. And I said, you know what? It's funny because either they saw us act like that, I'm talking about us as African Americans, or they, they portray this is what we are. And so they'll show those who don't know this is what we do. So it's a law of image at work where I'll show you an image, you know, because the, the, the enemy knows, or God knows, because God designed the brain, that it's going to begin to dissect or, or look at or analyze as the, the brain studies by what we see. Because we're creatures of learning, we're creatures of behavior. So the enemy knows that, you know, we're going to study that, that thing. So they see the club scene. It makes it, it seems like everybody's having fun. It seems like everybody's having a good time, you know, in sin. So therefore, it's, it's just something that, what is that? You think, think about the sin when you're in the club? You know, I did. But anyway, just saying that <laughs> anyone else who don't know any better, they'll be thinking it's cool to do those different things. So it's just that 
that's what's important. And that's what's important, and that's what I realized, that it's just their idea of what they, how they perceive us. Right. As a people. So they try to take away our identity or give us a false identity through the law of image. And so therefore these things are dangerous because you grow up thinking that you're supposed to go to the club. Or you're supposed to do that because it's in your nature. That's what that's what we do. You know, they you know, there's just different things, different cultures take on different things. And I do believe that different spirits come to different cultures. I do believe that different yeah. spirits come to different cultures and have different sins. I do believe they bring about that type of erosion on the on the race. I do believe that. I do believe that. So it's just things we have to be careful of. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's the law of image, the law of vacuum. We'll continue with the law of applied faith. Maybe we'll get to the law of movement also, just to introduce those things to you next week, uh, Lord willing. All right? Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. So uh, it's just about 1 o'clock, which is a great time to get out of here. Um,